The Playlist with Fiona Williams. It's been one of the greatest work experiences in, in my life. Hello and welcome to The Playlist, where we talk about movies and TV shows that are worth your time in conversation with their creators. I'm Fiona Williams and I'm Head of Curation at SBS On Demand. And today my guest is Oscar-winning director Alejandro Amenabar, whose many films have screened across SBS throughout the years, such as the foreign language Oscar winner, The Sea Inside with Javier Bardem, also Open Your Eyes with Penelope Cruz, The Others with Nicole Kidman, and two other films that are currently screening at SBS On Demand, Agora with Rachel Weisz, and Regression with Emma Watson and Ethan Hawke. But that's not entirely why we're speaking to Alejandro Amenabar today, because he's recently made the foray into series television with the brand new six-part drama series, La Fortuna. The sonar detected it a minute ago. They don't look like rocks. Release the shark. Those are not shells, boss. If you remember the beginning of Titanic, I find nothing but wet paper. I think we just got a little bit luckier. La Fortuna, 1804. Jonas Pierce. ¿Quién? El mejor abogado del mundo en derecho marítimo. I'm here to claim a treasure in the name of the kingdom of Spain. This is more than just a piece of gold. This is a dream. La Fortuna straddles Spain and the United States in a story of a landmark case in international maritime law, which is also about national identity, buried treasure, and who can rightly lay claim to historical artefacts. It's got all the elements of old-fashioned adventures, some romance, a little bit of political intrigue in there as well. And it stars Stanley Tucci, who plays the founder of an American deep-sea discovery company, kind of like a modern-day pirate who happens upon, goes looking for, sunken treasure and takes the lot from a Spanish shipwreck, the La Fortuna. Opposite him is relative newcomer Spaniard Alvaro Mel as a rookie civil servant who's book smart, less street smart, and he is our cipher for the story here, having to identify the treasure in order to make the case that it belongs to Spain. And also in the cast is Clark Peters, who was immortalised in David Simon's The Wire, and he takes on the role of Jonas Pierce, the world's best maritime rights lawyer. And also Tania Miller, who you'd know from years and years, and also her work in The Haunting of Hill House, season two, Bly Manor. La Fortuna straddles many genres, uh, which is a mainstay of Alejandro Menabar's work, and he has adapted this from a graphic novel, which was itself inspired by a true story. And he wrote and directs all six episodes, so it is very much his baby. So let's have a chat, and please welcome Alejandro Amenabar to our Zoom room. Thank you so much, Alejandro Amenabar, for joining us on the playlist. Um, it's it's so great to meet you um, and to have the chance to talk La Fortuna with you. Look, this is a big story. Um, you've got a large canvas. I'm just curious. You're known for films, you know. Um, well, what made this one appeal as a television series? Sort of what, what was it in the story that, that you thought had the, had the longer format? 
Well, it was really the comic book when I read it. I loved it. Um, El Tesoro del Cisne Negro. It's it's been made by one of the greatest comic book artists here in Spain, and I wanted to make a some adaptation of of some of his work from a long time ago. And then I got this comic book, and for me, it was perfect because it still has something of his style, and at the same time something of the Tintin comic books that I don't know if are, are, are popular there, but in, in Europe were very popular, are very popular. And the idea of some of having someone very young who is uh, trying to accomplish a mission and has a lot of obstacles, that idea of adventure, that epical tone, the, um, uh, the humor, I really liked it. So at, at first I thought about making a movie, which is, my natural way of thinking when I when I when I look at, into a story, but then I realized me and my co-writer Alejandro Hernandez we realized that it made more sense. And first we thought in a two-episode story, then a three-episode, and then we started to develop on writing, and we ended up having a six-episode series. And so that's how I ended up making a, a series for TV. And. The comic, it's actually based on a, I mean, this really happened. It was a ship and there was a court case. Well, what happens is that the, the, the comic is based or inspired by two events. But when we started to adapt it, it's um, in the past, I've made movies based on real events. For instance, my movie Mar Adentro, The Scene Side, is based on a real story. Yeah. My last picture while at work is it, it's about things that happened during our civil war and based on, on real characters, of course. But in this case, we decided to detach ourselves from the real story because we wanted to explore freely the characters and, and the situations. And we didn't want to feel tied up by reality. And of course, we, wouldn't, we didn't want to, to see ourselves involved in some legal situation, especially with the character of, of the pirate performed by Stanley Tucci, we wanted to create about that character. That's how I, I always say that the series is not really based on real events. Sure, yeah, just inspired, yeah. You, well, yeah, you're right, because, you know, there are real people that, that, yeah, you may be not depicting in a great way and then you may have to deal with that. Um, several characters throughout the series, there's a couple of times people reference, you know, Treasure Island and Adventure Stories and Indiana Jones, of course, is an obvious one that um, that's mentioned a couple of times. Um, I love how you balance kind of that old-fashioned spirit of adventure and, you know, the high, high seas adventure but against this very contemporary idea of the tension about cultural artefacts and who owns what, um, yeah, can we talk about that? Like that balance between the old-fashioned adventure, but then this, you know, quite serious issue. Well, it's it, it when when we started to work in a project, I wanted to get back something of what I had felt when I was a kid, and I was starting to love movies, and and of course there were all these Hollywood pictures that I watched from the seventies, from the eighties. Uh, some thrillers, Spielberg's movies. I thought this could be an opportunity to get back something of that movies, but at the same at the same time, as you said, this is a contemporary story. It's also playing with um, it's trying to portray something of our reality in Spain, um, something in America. So everything that has to do with normal situations and at the same time 
having something of those movies. I think if there was a way to making it work, for instance, through the camera work, and when we're in America, I wanted the series to feel very American and, and the, the, the camera is in traveling. And mm -hmm. for instance, when we are back in Spain, it's handheld camera. I wanted to have something like a bit more improvised. So I tried to combine both styles. Great. I'm glad you brought that up. I wanted to talk to the way, the way you just tease out those little cultural differences in, you know, the, the dynamics between the, the two teams, even, you know, just office life, <laughs> I think generally. Um, yeah. Can we dig a little more into that kind of just the little observations you, you wanted to tease out? Well, it, it was a, there was an opportunity. And now also, I think that's what made me uh, feel that attracted to this project was the fact that you have this young guy who is starting his job in in this ministry and he fights against all the bureaucracy who is very 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 spanish this kind of of um situations and then he has to go to um to america and that's something that happened to me more than 20 years ago when when um i did the movie the others and i had to be in contact with people from hollywood so i felt like this David sometimes against against Goliath, and I really identified myself with that, and I wanted to show a bit details about how life is in Spain, how we deal with problems, not necessarily for for the best, sometimes for the worst, and at the same time, how it is America for someone who comes from abroad, how it is experienced sometimes, the things that we the things we 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 perceive. So sometimes I would say that even play with with cliches in both cultures. But I have to say that here the, the series has been released already here in Spain in Spain, and I would like to think that people really identify themselves with some of the situations that we we portray in the series. Yeah, no, I, I would I would think so, um, and also not not being Spanish as well, you can relate to some of that as well, I have to say. Um, and with Alvaro, your um, lead who plays Alex, um, yeah, did you impart a little knowledge about your own experience of that? How did you sort of work with him to, to play that kind of wide-eyed? Well, of course, it is based on the character that is portrayed in, in the comic book. But, for instance, he being called Alex, we... We changed his name to Alejandro at the beginning of the series as if there was an evolution from someone who has to grow up and has to um, yeah, develop his talent and needs to be more, more mature. And yeah, I felt a big responsibility when I was in charge of making my first movie when I was almost finishing my degree and I did my first movie thesis. I was 23 years old, which is kind of the same age he is at the series, he's 25 at the series. And um, I felt myself with a lot of responsibility. And then, as I said, I had to travel to the United States, um, have my experience with the world of, of Hollywood. So uh, it was easy for me to identify myself with him. And also you have the love story. I think most of us have experience um, would uh, getting involved in a love story means, uh, especially at that point. So, so that's another thing that that made me get into this project: the fact that I feel identified with with uh, with a character twenty years ago. Yeah, right. Also, um, you know, you don't 
consciously lean into the historical reconstructions so much. Like, of course, we do see the the voyage, but you don't you don't lean in a lot onto that. And you know, it is a contemporary story looking back. Can we talk about that? Like, how intentional that was to not place too much in the past. Well, we the story the really is about the legal battle. And it, it is really the story of Alex. I understand that when you're making a series, you can develop different plots. But I, I guess I still think in terms of movie making, I saw this like a, like a very long movie. And of course, there was a moment where you need to show what happened in the past. And, and I prefer to show it instead of having little, bit, little bits along the series, I prefer to have a a big section dedicated to that moment so that you understand and you feel for those characters and what happened more than 100 years ago. The the interesting thing was that because of the COVID situation, when we decided to shoot this series right in the middle of the pandemic, I had to accept the fact that if we, we didn't have enough money to recreate the events in the past, I would have to find a way to tell it without showing it. Uh, luckily enough, fortunately enough, we were able to, to, we got the money and we were able to, to shoot it. But I was even prepared not to show anything that, that took place in the past. Yeah, okay, interesting. Um, and so with the rest of the casting as well, I mean, I, you know, especially Stanley Tucci, it's kind of, um, you know, he doesn't, he's not an arch villain in this and it kind of just plays on, um, you know, it needs his charisma and a bit of arrogance to, to bring that character to appeal. Yeah, how, how did you land on Stanley and, and the broader casting as well across, across, the, um, across the countries? Uh-huh. Gina Jay is our casting uh, director. I've been working with her since the others, so more than 20 years ago. Yeah. And um, she's based in UK and she was, I think, very smart because she insisted on having people who live mainly in Europe, which allowed us to make this series. Because imagine that we had to work with actors based in, in Hollywood. It would have been a real, real travel. Yeah. And um, she insisted on, and, and Stanley Tucci, and Stanley Tucci for me is like a total genius. I was, I felt so honored that, that he read the script and he instantly said that he wanted to be part of it. And, and really, I'm really grateful for that because he is, as you said, he's very, he had a lot of charisma. So um, the character in the comic book, his character was a bit more schematic and he was able to give him a soul, at least to understand his line, his line of thought when he's trying to justify himself and when he suffers because he feels that he's losing his daughter's respect. He, he, can, he can give that. He can give that also that kind of humanity. I like when you, when you play with good or bad characters, I, I just don't want to have the goodies or the bodies. I want to explore the grace. And I think you really, at, at least at the beginning of the show, you understand this character. You, and then you, you see himself how he is and that sometimes he's a pretty horrible guy but still he's he's real he's uh, he's humane and 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 he really gave that to the character and um well Clark Peters I uh, really admire him from his work in in the wire and yeah. and Gina Jay 
and instead of having um, having someone who would give you that honesty yeah and Clark Peters I have to say that it was a really really joy for all the crew it was of course as you can imagine it was a tough shooting with all the COVID protocols involved we all having the, the, the feeling that at any time we would have to stop for a few days mm -hmm. because we, we could have some some uh, outbursts of the of the virus and having someone like Clark Peters was was great because he brought a lot of good energy good vibes right. every every day Tania Miller was also great he's she's so so uh, funny and the rest of the cast who was mainly as I said English cast, British, the chemistry with the Spanish crew was, was amazing. I have to say that it's, it's been one of the greatest work experiences in, in my life, being able to, to shoot this series for more than five, five months and um, having everyone together and so committed to the task. Yeah, I'm sure that would have helped, like with the whole risk of COVID, as you say. Yeah, a brave new territory for everyone having to navigate COVID protocols on set, I'm sure. When I saw sometimes some some of the shots where you have 100 extras and with the, all with everyone with the mask and they they said um, ready to shoot and everyone took off the mask and of course we had tests for we have tested everyone but but you always would think that someone terrible was was gonna was gonna happen so um, we think we were fortunate. Yeah, <laughs> it's in the name of the, of the show. Um, I mean, I'd love to talk a bit more broadly about um, kind of the themes that you you bring in, you know, obviously referencing um, all your great films, that kind of the way that these big ideas, like with La Fortuna with um, cultural heritage and ownership and, and dealing with the past, but, of course, the sea inside um, with life and death and Agora, which we have on platform, actually. It's going to be streaming at the same time as La Fortuna. You know, religion and science and all the big, big things, but how they manifest in people. And it's kind of like how we live with these big, big ideas. Um, where does that come from? Where does that kind of curiosity to interrogate these big things? I guess, uh, I, I don't know. It, I guess it's different for everyone when we're making, when we're telling stories. Uh, for me, sometimes my creativity, creativity process starts on, on something that I cared about or I'm worried about. For instance, when I did the scene side, it really, it really, it was the, this, this real story of this guy, the way he had written his book, I read his poetry book, I was very impressed by it. And they started to, to dug in, in into his personal life. And I felt that I could do a movie about death. And actually it helped me to deal with death. When I think back now, it was that movie is from, I don't know, 15 years ago. And I, I think it helped me somehow to deal with that. And then what I try to find is the, the best way to express that to the audience. In this case, it was melodrama combined with a bit of, of comedy. So that, that would say it's like the sweet for the audience, but but the beginning of it is something um, I would say more profound. In the case of Agora, uh, I started in my with my interest in astronomy, and then I started to do research on different astronomers 
Galileo, of course, uh, Einstein. And, and then I, I ended up telling the story of, of Hypatia. And as you said, it's a movie about, about many things. And I somehow feel that some of the things that I was worried about then, unfortunately, are happening now. When I saw yeah. what happened to the Capitol building in um, this last year in yeah. the United States, it reminded me of some of the shots that we did in the assault to the Library of Alexandria yeah. almost 2,000 years ago. So I, feel, I, I have the feeling what I was feeling then it's something that had to do with what's happening today. And in the case of uh, this series, it really, of course, there's a, the, uh, the idea of cultural heritage and <clears throat> the, the fact that these guys are trying to bring a treasure, but it's, in, it's not in order to get profit out of it, but in order to put it in a museum. I like, I like that, the idea of um, ships and sunk ships being part of the history of a country. Oh, I liked all that, but in the surface, there was mainly entertaining. And after having made my last picture, which is about our civil war, then again, mm. something very, very heavy, I wanted to explore something lighter yep. and especially to make people have a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, nothing wrong with that. Um, and what about now? What, what are you sort of leaning towards? Have you? Have, have you got another project on the, on the well, horizon? Well, the, the, the thing is that when, um, when I, 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 I get so involved in, uh, in the projects that for me, sometimes it takes a while to get interested and involved in the next one. And I'm still of the process of, um, I'm not, I haven't decided yet if uh, what I'm going to do is going to be a particular story and if this is going to be a movie or a series. So now that this, the world is started is starting to wake up, I'm going back to my cave <laughs> to decide <laughs> what I'm gonna do next. Yeah. yeah, well, like COVID's great for, I mean, that's a terrible way to start a sentence, but <laughs> um, yeah, like for pe- writers and, and people who, who are at home a lot anyway, it's kind of like this is- Well, this it, is my- it happened to some people. I, I have to say that to me, especially the period of pure confinement, was was hard. I wasn't I wasn't able to write, wasn't able even to read. Some days it was horrible. Yeah, yeah, not so, so much to deal with. Do you do you watch a lot? Um I like to find out what people have been watching. Are you are you a big do you, do you consume a lot of movies and like Well I always say that even more than a movie maker, I feel a movie viewer. Yeah. When I'm not such a great I'm not such a great serious uh viewer. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me it's difficult to get engaged in a story that takes you along different um, or many seasons. It's difficult that I finish a whole series with all its seasons. So for me, uh, I like more um, mini series, like, like, like the, this, this one, a six episode, five episode, eight episode series. I can, I can follow that. Yeah, um, I'm a bit the same. Yeah, if I find out something's eight series, I'm a little bit <laughs> intimidated. But that's a that's a big commitment. What have you watched lately? Um, Anything like that? Well, actually, I I think the last one I've watched is a series that was made a few years, at least two or years ago, years and years, which oh, I yeah. which I loved. And then the next series he made called It's a Scene. 
I, I like it a lot. And then there's this series that I haven't seen yet, which is, again, it's a, it's a three-season series now, but I wanted to watch because everybody's recommended it to me, uh, which is called Succession. Yes, you absolutely have to watch that, yeah. <laughs> and I confess, not, not because, uh, just more as a lookalike, um, there's a character called Cousin Greg that um, looks a little bit like Alex. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, but... Uh, well, yeah, anyway, it, I was watching the thing. He looks like Cousin Greg. Anyway, you may remember that. You may not when you finally get to watching it. And, yes, you mentioned News and News, and um, Tania was in that. Yeah, she, she oh, yeah. had a great role. Yeah, no, that was a great series. She is, yeah. um, she's a thoroughbred, and as I said, she's so much, so much fun. <laughs> and I have to ask, this is a dumb question you probably get a lot, but um, where's your Oscar? Where do you, where do you keep your, uh, your Oscar? Actually... Oh, it's not just there, is it? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Let's see if you can. Where is it? There. Oh wow! Yep. In the, nice. in the in the middle in the middle shelf. Yes. Yep. There there he is. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm glad it's. It's nice right fun. in front of me. When I'm writing, I don't want to feel the the heavy of it. So sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I feel it. Yeah, not intimidating at all. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> Look, thank you so much. It's been lovely to talk to you and always been a big fan of your work, so it's a bit of a treat too. And congratulations on La Fortuna and, um, yeah, all the very best. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, that was Alejandro Amenabar and that was fun and very kind of him to indulge me (laughs) about where he keeps his Oscar. I don't know. That's something I always want to know. You know, do some people put them in a box in storage or do you have that baby out and to impress people who come by? And he very much did. And to paint the picture, it's on a very impressive awards wall in his office. He flipped the monitor so I could see it. And look, it's their pride of place. There's quite a few Goyas in there as well, I recognised as well. So good on him. And look, would that we can all have an awards wall as we do our interviews. So La Fortuna is available as a box set. All six eps are at SBS on demand right now and so is Alejandro's film Agora with Rachel Weiss he mentioned and also Regression with Emma Watson and Ethan Hawke and you know what so is years and years did not plan that but he's been watching that and if you haven't then you absolutely should as well that is all there at SBS on demand so get in and have a good old binge um Thank you for joining me on the playlist. I'll be back to bring you more of these companion interviews to some great shows and movies. And I've got a great interview set to drop before the year ends. So if you like this, then go ahead and rate, review and subscribe as it helps others to find the show. As always, reach out and tell me what you've been watching and um, who you'd like to hear from. I'm keen not to focus just on what's new. I'd love to revisit some past shows and movies that we've got at SBS On Demand with some of their makers. So let me know what you've been watching and we'll give a red hot go to get some interviews. So reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at anything but Fifi. The playlist is produced by Jeremy Wilmot. And until next time, thanks for listening. Listener.